Welcome to Revive City Podcast. As we enter the month of August, I'm reminded of communities and how many different communities we live in and how that could play an impact in someone's wellness. In the States, August is National Wellness Month, and it really prioritizes on our own self-care, whatever that looks like. And me working in the mental health field, I don't like reinventing the wheel, so I do encourage you to find what resources may be helpful for you. One of the hardest things for adults or for us even to say is three words i need help so again i have a new guest her name is dr heather brown right i thank you so much for joining us and just being part of the conversation thank you for having me i just want to give a little disclaimer disclaimer for those people in the states 988 is a suicide you know crisis lifeline but i encourage you to go beyond that whatever helps you whatever communities you're in just tell someone if you need help, you know, um, if you are struggling. Again, thank you so much. I'll just, uh, Heather, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I always kind of say that people say better than I do. I'm, I'm not shy about it. I know there's a lot of great quotes out there. There's one in particular just kind of start our conversation. It's from David Spangler, and he says it this way. He says, some people think that they're in the community. But they're only in proximity. True community requires commitment and openness. It's a willingness to extend yourself to encounter and know the other. What comes to mind when you hear this quote? Well, I think a lot of us may find that the people that we live close to and sometimes within our own families, sometimes within our our own relationships, we're not feeling that we can really be open or we Mm. can share for whatever reason. And Mm. it brings up like a stark truth that we need to be true to ourself, Mm -hmm. take care of ourself. And that does start with us alone. And so if you're finding with the people that you spend time with simply because you live by them or you're in family together or you work together, if you're not finding people that you can share with, that you can open with, that you feel care about your thoughts and feelings, you might need to reach out a little bit further. Mm. And that's important because we want to connect. Yeah. Be heard. And we also want to help. And Mm. so if it's not happening in your immediacy, reach out a little bit beyond and sometimes it's not that far sometimes it's two doors away <laughs> yeah or sometimes yeah. someone you just have not reached out to i i'm a widow mm. and when i started dating after a couple of years i went out with a, a lovely gentleman for several months and he lived kind of far so the weekends were kind of reserved for him mm. and when we ended that relationship i reached out to all my friends and i said hey if any of you are free on the weekends I'm going to be around and I, I'd love to see you and I have missed you. And that opened that door. Mm-hmm. They had time too. So mm-hmm. you, you don't ever really know who's waiting and hoping and wanting. Most of us want love. Yeah. And I, I feel like uh, it's, you bring up a good point in the fact that, you know, defining like relationships and, the, and then the idea that, you know, when we are nice, I was reading a, a bit about the, the idea of being nice versus being kind. The idea that a lot of times when we're trying to be nice, we're just trying to be nice externally so we'd be accepted by others. But the, the fact of the matter, we're not really defining what we <laughs> really want, you know. Um, and I could be an introvert, but doesn't mean that I don't want to be around people. And it's just not the amount of people that really makes me feel connected. You know, I could be in a room of thousands of people and feel like I'm the loneliest person in the world. I could be around thousands, the same thousand people, and I could connect to someone like you, Heather, and just be like, hey, how's it going? How was your day? What is like, and then really engage and be intentional. And the whole scenario changes because I'm actually intentionally actively listening to what you, and it feels more genuine because you take the time and you, you measure what your boundaries and what relationships may be for your you as an individual and what you would like to see happen. At least that's what I've seen. And anything you want to add or piggyback or share in regards to this? Well, I think you, you touch upon a really brilliant truth, which is being nice is to please you. Mm-hmm. I want you to like me. 
So yeah. the focus really comes back to me. I'm doing this, you know, intentionally, but possibly somewhat manipulatively mm -hmm. to get a, a response out of you. Mm -hmm. I'm being kind. Mm -hmm. I don't need anything back. No, I'm simply offering. So mm -hmm. if we've got the choice of to be nice. It looks mm -hmm. good or kind mm -hmm. that comes from the heart and whether the person receives it or not, you then know you have given from your genuine compassion mm -hmm. and you are also left with that truth. Not, I smiled at them and they didn't smile at me back, but well, I, I offered something that I hope at some point they'll take in. Yeah, and yeah. There's, a, there's a degree of acceptance and kind of um, expectation levels. I, there's this wonderful word in Japanese, actually, wabi-sabi. It's not really... <laughs> A word you normally would see um i would uh but it's it, my wife has this um, book it says untranslatable words and it says finding beauty in imperfections and accepting the cycle of life and um and death but to go even deeper the idea is i'd like to say it this way this is my own way of saying it, is we're exceptionally unexceptional people it's like we are sometimes the most brilliant and unimpressive people but that's humans that's us and i find that encouraging and it kind of really makes conversations you know i'm not going to be an expert at everything but at the same time i'm still me i'm still whoever sometimes when we define ourselves by things externally if everything is about like you were just you were kind of mentioning about the being uh pe having people like you then everything becomes a response and you kind of lose yourself of what you actually want I, I always well, I remember one person was saying this a while back, but it kind of it kind of makes me think. When we're kids, at least when I was a kid, you ask a group of kids, "Who's the best dancer?" Everyone is. Yeah. Who's the best singer? Everyone is. Something happens. Obviously, later on, no one raises his hands in middle school. I think middle school is one of the hardest years for many people. But it, and there's something about being more the the priority is more being accepted versus what you know when it means to could truly connect with one another um any thoughts on that well from birth on there's the individuality is is just rampant you don't, you don't mm -hmm. know who that baby is mm -hmm. so yes you laugh and what do you like to eat and what's your personality like mm -hmm. so we're we're open to the baby mm -hmm. sharing who they are Mm. And then very quickly, we start to dictate to the little one. I don't like it when you do that. You're not to do that. Don't be that way. Mm. And then when we get into the school system, it's got to be really hard being oh, a yeah. teacher for the young years. Because on the one hand, you're saying, be unique, be yourself, share from your heart's content. But yet we've got... 36 other children in the classroom and and I need to manage this in some way. So there's this yeah. there's this expansion and then mm. there's also this curriculum that you must follow. Mm. Um Ramdas gave a, a a brilliant awareness that that once we start to look at the response that we're getting from others to decide, mm. you know, do you receive me to mm three years old, it really starts to kick in hugely. Then if our viewpoint is, oh, I want to please you mm -hmm. from the nature of that. And this is so sad, but from the nature of that, then I on my own am not okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where that separation starts. If my, if my need is to please you, I can't quite be me. I have to mm. continually gauge, did I do it? Was that it? Was that right? Was that okay? Mm -hmm. And we lose more and more and more of ourselves. But if you think of the people that you, you most admire, mm. sure, they're probably brilliant. Sure, they're probably beautiful. But you also probably feel their genuine heart mm. or their genuine thought process at some point. What we're drawn to is the uniqueness. Mm -hmm. Yes. If everything looked the same and everything was perfect, we would mm. be bored out of our minds because <laughs> we've created yeah. things. And we're also, of course, because we're human, hugely egotistical, and mm. we want to be the one who comes up with it or creates it or finds mm. it. And mm. that, that's our drive as a human being. There's mm. nothing wrong with that. We just need to remember everybody else has their drive too. Yeah. 
find a way to respect that. And I think there's there's always this healthy tension that's okay to have with amongst others. It's it's uh, this is idea that I'm not going to agree with everyone, and that's okay. That's perfectly okay. It's it, like this idea that I can have an opinion. I could be a, in the process of understanding. Other person may not agree, but you can still be respectful. You can still understand. There is a process to understanding. There's a lot of knowledge and information out there. Very little understanding of it in the concept. Um, there's this one quote from Kurt. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but fun. Anyway, um, not to make, mess up his last name, but I do love this commentary. I was not to date myself. I remember when I was a kid, we had floppy disks. You know, the computers were just starting. We had Oregon Trail was on as a game when I was in a, a little uh, elementary school. That's a while ago. Now, I'm looking at what he says is as a commentary. What should young people do with their lives today? Maybe many things, obviously, but most daring thing is to create a stable community in which the terrible disease of loneliness can be cured. I know this is bold, but for me, the big change is seeing cell phones. I never was brought up with a cell phone when I was growing up. You know, it didn't come until I was, you know, in the military in 18. I finally got my first cell phone but the idea is when you have all these family gatherings everyone's on their phone and i'm guilty of it too the disconnection becomes you know constant you're always there no matter where you go you're in two lives you know you're either on the phone and then you're kind of present it's rare to find someone present present with in, in any given situation so what's your thoughts when you see this quote um well, I think it's, I think our society has created an incredible opportunity mm-hmm. and a horrific challenge for us mm-hmm. because since you can reach someone at all times mm-hmm. and there's so many potentials for intake, we lose the importance of the person. Yeah. You need know, to scroll through and, and, mm-hmm. and we view volume as being more important than individuality. When yeah. I was a kid, which is way back further than you, we had rotary phones. You didn't even have answering yeah. machines. Yeah. So y- you had to be home to pick up the phone for someone to reach you. Yeah. And it made reaching somebody on the phone mm-hmm. really fun. Or yeah. a in the mail took a week, even if it was from your grandma in the next mm-hmm. city. And so a letter was really important. We didn't have computers. Mm. So connection was really prized. And we have the quickest opportunity to reach the most people. And we blow it yeah. all the time. It's funny. Uh, the biggest transition, because even though because I was I think, 18 years old when I first got my first cell phone, like when I heard like the Nokia bricks back in the day, oh. those things. And I just remember, you know, it was um, it was free to call at 7 p.m. and beyond, like like this time slot, and you had select amount of text messages. I never really got used to at first the text message, and like when now, um, because I'm from that generation before, I would call people like, "Why are you calling me?" Uh, to just text me. And certain ideas I get texting, sure. but like like I feel. Um, it can be very helpful when you're scheduling or something that doesn't require a long, long conversation. But like you're saying, like we used to be fond of talking over phone. Uh, we, how many times I would say, I wonder what the percentage of people actually talking over phone versus just texting, choosing to text when it comes to any form of communication. And I think it, at least from the interactions I have, um, the avoidance becomes easier, you know, the contact list becomes easier. Uh, we just went through COVID, still kind of going through the residual effects of that. I would say it's easy. You know, you could get so much things delivered to you that you couldn't before COVID. Everything's kind of a little more connected that way, but disconnected at the same time. I want to pause right there to ask you, how do you think we may be able to do better in helping those in need in our community? We're talking about communication today, but anything that I'm kind of generalizing because we're the idea is supporting our communities, you know, um, and what have you seen that worked in helping the community and what have not? Now, this is just a broad sense. I know we've been focused on commun- communication, but wherever an angle you feel that is appropriate, 
Go ahead. I think you need to start with what you're willing to do and what you're comfortable in doing. And mm-hmm. that sounds a little bit off to be selfish in the way you approach community. But you do want to make certain it's something that you're willing to continue doing if you offer it. And you want it to be something that you would enjoy. So it's asking yourself, well, if I was to do something for the community, do I want it to be face to face? Do I want it to be with people or do I want it to be with maybe the environment? People, not everybody is comfortable in Mm -hmm. face to face connection or Mm -hmm. in verbal connection. Mm -hmm. And so they might want more so to set up something for the community or to Mm -hmm. clean up following or, or to work with animals. But there's a place of where would I like to offer some care? And then mm-hmm. whatever that is, start start with attending or start mm-hmm. with offering. I know in, in my neighborhood, whenever someone moves in, we bake a cake and mm-hmm. go over and say, you know, welcome to the community. We're the Browns. We're so happy. <laughs> you just start to reach out. My neighbor and I, we have trash can wars. Mm-hmm. Um, or I should say trash can gifts. So whoever mm-hmm. can take the trash cans out quicker, whoever can move them back for each other quicker. And I live alone. So it's a wonderful gift if I come mm-hmm. home and my trash cans are out. You mm-hmm. can do little things. It starts with simply rolling down your window when you drive and say, good morning. Mm-hmm. Or when you're in a store, take a moment, look into the person's eyes if you're comfortable and say, I hope you have a great day or Mm -hmm. thank you so much for what you have just done. Mm -hmm. There's the place of taking a moment Mm -hmm. to connect if you're comfortable Mm -hmm. and then offering something. And then if you want to do it from um, a less personal view, the best thing is to call your city hall and to Mm -hmm. ask what are the community events that you have that I could volunteer for? Where Mm -hmm. are you needing some support? There's going to be lots of places. The elderly homes, absolutely, mm -hmm. hospitals. Some of it, there's going to be COVID restrictions, Mm -hmm. security restrictions. Of course. Always places, animal shelters, there's always places that need people to volunteer and to offer and to help. I really like what you you make. You make a good point. You know, I'm being a faith leader, a lot of people, you know, you know, missionaries and all that stuff. You have to understand and like ask yourself what are you willing to do what are you able to do um because the people who are in need don't know your situation and if you bring something up that may be helpful for a little bit i i I try to say this as sensitively as i can helping people is inconvenient let's be honest um and the reason that it's hard is why it needs to be done it's just are you going to be part of it or at what part of it? You know, it's, I, 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 I sometimes um, there's too much, uh, I say, brochure, I guess, out there is of the positive aspect where there are positive. You know, a lot of my journey um, was helping people became my healing, uh, you, know, you know, that kind of thing. But it's still work. You're still sometimes you have to make a decision of what am I able to do? What am I not able to do? And then have that conversation, make those make those. I don't know, make those choices and then adjust. But I do like that you bring up that point because I think um, we're a culture that likes to help. I I think we are um, empathetic. Um, I think all of us can agree. It's harder to see our loved ones in hurt than ourselves. But like I and like if I'm going through something that's hard, of course, it's hard, but it's harder to see the closest ones to us. I think we're kind of made that way. We can't see the ones we love closest hurting so i think we're so and i'm not concerned about the wanting of needing help and in our communities if it's communicated well if we know what our limits are and we want to help we don't put barriers that don't need to be there and we're just like okay this is where i'm able to help and understand that you're just part of a bigger picture trying to help the community be a safer place you know be a place where i can ask the question to you heather I need help and that's okay. You know, when, when, you know, I remember reading a lot of, during the industrial revolution, during the cities were gold crammed up and there were so many people together, but so disconnection. It was a, such, such a culture shock because there were people clumped in cities that there never were before 
before like as the and um i felt i remember reading just the commentary of the concern of how community was going to be affected by this the uh, after the industrial revolution and i feel we're still adjusting it's a big task but you know i think when regards to community is is it starts from you it starts from you what do you what can you do and i i do like a lot what you said right there anything else you want to add i was going to go into um a little bit about yourself and sharing your story and everything there's there's an important place which is to realize we're we're all going through our own lives Mm -hmm. and you have no idea what somebody else is experiencing yeah they've got their own little community as well yeah and so the the best place to start is is just to ask is there there anything that you need of me is there Mm -hmm. anything i could do for you is there there anything that 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 you're lacking now being a therapist Mm -hmm. and being like active on tiktok and Mm -hmm. youtube i get a lot of requests Mm -hmm. and a lot of the requests I can't do myself. I, I can't be someone's psychotherapist in, mm-hmm. in Australia. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have the wisdom of everything. So people will reach out to me and say, I have a severe eating disorder and that's not my specialty. So mm-hmm. I don't put up the burden upon myself that I need to help everyone in, 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 in the, the accumulation of it. Mm-hmm. But there is a place of, but I could guide you somewhere oh yeah i could give you a suggestion just like you did at the beginning of the podcast talking about a suicide hotline Mm. you might not be the person who actually does whatever it is the person needs but you could hold their hand in the process while they're it's like going to someone's um oncology appointment so they don't have to go alone you don't Mm. have cancer thank god mm-hmm. but being there to support the person that you care for mm-hmm. so there's a place if you're willing to mm-hmm. say what is it that that i could offer that could bless you mm-hmm. we can't take away someone else's pain mm-hmm. we can't heal another person mm-hmm. we can only offer to try to support them in their journey mm-hmm. and so much times that's all we really need to not yes. feel alone to not mm. feel unseen or unheard mm. or unimportant. Yeah. So start with the people that you would like to care for more and just say, is there anything you need of me? When when my husband died, uh, I, have a, I have a couple of am- amazing, amazing friends and one of them lives three hours away. Mm. And she literally came for Wednesday. She drove three hours to mm. be at my house for about two, two and a half hours and then drove mm. home three hours mm-hmm. she'd show up she'd walk around my house and she'd say you have no food and i'd say i don't care and she goes mm-hmm. going to the market your microwave is broken <laughs> i don't care <laughs> help me buy a new microwave she said you don't have socks I'm like i don't care <laughs> laundry sometimes you just need someone to notice and to help you where you're not paying attention. Yeah. You're in depression or grief or mm-hmm. overwhelm or exhaustion. So everyone can show up if mm-hmm. they want to in some fashion. So ask yourself, do I show up for others in life? Do I show up for myself? Mm-hmm. Do I show up for others? And maybe pick two people that you want to start showing up for and ask how do I do that? How do I love you better? How do I care for what your needs are more so? And that will open up a door of connection and friendship and support. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I like the, the idea of personalizing your, whatever your, your response and the, the idea that, uh, a couple of months ago was you know mental health awareness month in in, uh, in the states and um i like the idea of remembering our names <laughs> those who are something because it, it makes it more personal a lot of times when i'm dealing working with clients i i you know one of the problems one of the barriers is and you probably know this is they'll feel there's a lot of shame of course a lot of you know residu- residual shame and 
they may be doing well. And I'm like, how's the medicine doing? And they're like, it's doing okay, but I don't want um, whoever is the provider to feel bad that it's not working. I'm like, why don't you tell them? Well, I don't want them to feel bad. You understand what I'm talking about. At the same time, it's, it's, it's um, you know, breaking through those barriers that don't necessarily be there. And, you know, just like you said, feeling heard is a tremendous help. The idea that you you're you're listening to someone that usually doesn't feel like they're listened to, you know, they may not have answers or solutions to things, but feeling that they're just not a burden, that they're they're here, there's a human, they're going through a rough patch, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be always that way. It has been, at least what I've seen, has helped a lot. I don't want to switch gears. It's been great. Um, just asking you. Uh, Share a little about yourself. You know what what brought you into your profession. Anything you want to share regarding community? Anything to those listening? I'd like to give new guests an opportunity to share a little bit of themselves or anything they would feel comfortable. Sure, I'd love to. <laughs> um, so the 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 big picture is my mom was a paranoid schizophrenic, mm. and so I grew up in a family that um, not everyone had the same reality. And it showed me that none of us really do. And we don't really understand what anybody's reality is. Uh, my mom my mom chose to kill herself when I was 16. And losing her is definitely what caused me to want to be a psychotherapist. Wanting to provide help for those who don't know where it is or don't know how to ask um, or aren't honest about things not working. And um, something that's very, very important is anyone that you're going to, to ask to help you in your journey, they're there to try to help. So if it's not working, you're mm -hmm. not helping them mm -mm. either. They're failing you, but not knowing they're failing. So one of the yeah. best things you can do is be completely honest and say, hey, I, I, I really like you and I just need to let you know, this isn't working for me at all. What mm. would work for me better is, or I don't like this medication, I'm really not taking it. Could we try something else? If you're not being honest with those people who are there to help you, mm -hmm. you're, you're not going to get better to the full extent. Yeah, and you're also not helping them be better at their craft. Mm -hmm. People who actually tell me something isn't working, oh my gosh, it, it blesses me hugely. Yeah. Because then I know I've got to figure something out and I'm about to learn something. And down mm -hmm. the road, somebody else might need just that. And I don't, I don't want someone to patronize me. Oh, I like her, so I'll pretend therapy's working. No, tell me this isn't working at all. This isn't what I want. Well, yeah. I'll change gears or I'll mm. gladly pass somebody to someone else. The, the goal is to help you get the help that you need. Mm. Not that it has to be me. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't at all, unless I'm the right person. Yeah. So I think that's really important. And so with my mom, because um, I grew up in the 60s, you didn't even talk about mental health. I didn't even yeah. know what insanity was mm -hmm. or, or, you know, a 5150 mm -hmm. until I had to find out what a 5150 was from my mom. So there's much more awareness now. Sadly, there's still so much stigma, um, but everything is both sides. I can mm -hmm. look at myself as, oh gosh, something's wrong, I'm not healthy. Mm. or and I can say I'm incredibly proud of myself that I'm going to do something about this and change this mm. it hasn't felt okay like this so I'm going to find some way or some group or or some doctor to mm. help me move into who it is that I feel that I am to be it's always both if, if we're looking at the problem Mm -hmm. We're not able to find the solution. And mm -hmm. so since we have a harder time looking at ourselves as a problem, <laughs> okay, ill, okay, challenged, okay, <laughs> not perfect, okay. Then look at the gross side of, 
Well, then what can I do? Where can I go? What can I learn? How do I help myself move beyond where I am right now? Because like I'm completely not accepting me right now. And I don't even want you to know that this is me right now. So how do I help myself shift? And how can I be gracious and kind and compassionate and loving with myself during this process? Yeah, I think... um one uh thing i've been saying and obviously it's very difficult to do but um accountability is is not a bad word when you're in a safe place when you're with people that you know so that that word always gets stemmed into something wrong with me extending that that's that i'm less valuable you know consequently because there's something wrong with me this kind of cycle but the idea is no, I'm just going through a rough patch. I'm going to try to figure out what may be helpful. Being, I love what you're mentioning, just being intentional of your care. You know, it's not going to help um, anything well, if you're just trying to be light. In the, but is there something? Is there something wrong with saying I'm you know, like? There's something wrong with me. I mean, we say there is, but why? Mm-hmm. We're here for a whole long life. Of course, yes. there's things wrong with you. There's tons of things wrong with you. Like even <laughs> yeah. I, I just turned 60. And so like I've done 60 years. Well, I haven't done the next 35. Yeah. And and I've never been divorced. So I haven't walked through that path. Uh, I haven't lost a life for a child. So I haven't gone through that path. I haven't, I haven't had some horrific illness. So I haven't gone through that path. Like, I haven't gone through everything. So how would I know how to do things I haven't done? And let's go even simpler. We've only lived what we've lived. Exactly. How could you know how to live what you haven't lived? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you haven't lived in major depression before and you don't know how to do it. Why should you know how to do it? <laughs> if, if it made sense that we all would know how to do it, none of us would be depressed. Mm-hmm look around the world none of us want to do anything we're just trying really hard with who we are Mm. hopefully to take care of ourselves. but how sad it is that we put this expectation upon ourselves that Mm. we should know how to do life i don't even know how to do today i have confidence it's going to go well but who knows the the thing that's amazing about us is we we only can live truly in the moment And we have no idea what's coming the next minute. I've done yeah. a really good job for 60 years, but yet I'll still feel apprehensive that I don't know how to do life. Of course mm-hmm. they don't, because yeah. you create it. And so when you tell yourself, like, I'm just gonna do the best I can, probably gonna make a gazillion mistakes. And from that, I will learn and change. Mm-hmm. No one, there is no perfection. No. It's all subjective. And yeah. We're all really good at some stuff and we're all really bad at some. (laughs) And and the more you let yourself have peace and comfort with that, that's why we're in a world of 8 billion people because somebody knows how to do it. There's no way you can know how to do everything. And if you did, gosh, I mean, how, how weird it would be to be in a world where no one could help you in any way because you were so beyond everyone. And how lonely that would be. Yeah, it'd be so. Or or, or you'd have no time to yourself because people would be reaching out to you all the time because you're the grand poobah of all knowledge. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, one person uh, once told me, um, and I, I, I feel that it's similar to what you're saying. We're always kind of unfinished. Really. We're here right always now. We're unfinished. Uh, yeah, yeah. We end. Some days yeah. one, but we're not finished. No. I feel like when it comes to relationships, connections, they're all kind of, you know, they, they, you know, friendships go through their cycles. You know, I have friends that I love and care about, but you know, they're, they're in a different part of life. You know, I wish them all the best. It's just our, our lives are not intersecting right now. Mm-hmm. It's just how things go. There's seasons for that. So the idea that things are unfinished, at least it gives me comfort because this constant urge to be enough, enough to be, enough you know and like oh i need to have these un- unrealistic expectations that i should just know these things you know uh, i i think i think you bring up a really good point when it comes to this this idea that if it's an illness that you never experience or even if it is uh, something you have it's we're never the idea that we won't know what to do is expected 
there are professions built on that idea. That's why you go and try to seek help. So I feel sometimes um, we put ourselves in unsolvable you know, um, problems and we get discouraged not to minimize the, uh, the experience, but more be kinder to yourself. We started talking about being, you know, um, we talked about being nice. I would say don't be nice because it's so broad and doesn't really describe anything. When we're little, we're told be nice. What does that mean? <laughs> Basically, you know, don't be annoying. I don't know what that means. Like, so being kind is, you know, I, I liked what we said in the beginning, but there's this African proverb that I, I also mirrors what kind of what we we're saying. You could go quickly alone. You know, if you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. We're people who need people. We need each other. <laughs> as much yeah, as we, as much as we say we don't. I know I'm pretty good at certain things. I know all the things. My wife is much better. <laughs> so, so this this is a thing to just kind of learn. But if if, if you're if you're if you're not uh, if you now I guess accept that we're you know we have our strengths and our weaknesses. I feel I find a lot of my uh, understanding is understanding my weaknesses. If you just focus on your strengths, eh, okay, you pat myself on the back. But my weaknesses, knowing what my weaknesses are, makes me stronger. It's when you grow. Yeah, yeah. It's when you grow. Yeah. And what enough? Oh, it's so subjective. And mm. and even when you say it, you know, I want to be good enough. No, you don't. And I say to people, I am not good enough. <laughs> I'm amazing. Like, I don't want to be good enough. That sounds like, mm. okay, you're C. Mm. But it's completely subjective. Yeah. Yeah. And it changes all the time. If I'm feeling great about me, oh, I love myself. If I'm struggling, oh, I'm having a harder time. So it's all fluid. But mm. it's important to remember that everything is fluid. How you feel about yourself is how you feel about in this second before you make that silly comment or before you win the lottery or before mm. you fall down, you know? So it changes all the time. And there's that place of, are you aware of that within yourself? And are you aware of that place of offering yourself, I would hope, continual kudos, like you're trying really hard. Mm -hmm. You know what? You didn't give up. Okay, you didn't, you didn't resolve it today, but you didn't give up. And I'm gonna be really proud of you with you for you mm -hmm. in that we'll figure this out or we'll find someone who knows how to do this mm -hmm. we, yeah. we put so, so much shame and judgment upon ourselves mm -hmm. instead of just saying like wow i have to walk this life with me always yeah Whew, this body like this mind currently this location this family can I let that be what it is? Not mm -hmm. good or bad, just this is who I am. Mm -hmm. So how do I take who I am and try to take the best care of it and try to give myself the best life that I can so that I enjoy this experience as much as I can? Then it takes it away from a good enough. Mm -hmm. It's really the place of I value me and I value mm -hmm. my life. And so therefore, for me, this mm -hmm. is rich mm -hmm. and this is profound. It, it's up to each of us to decide how are you going to live your life? And mm -hmm. that comes down to what do you do every day? And a lot of that is how do you choose to view today? Are mm -hmm. you grateful you have it? Mm -hmm. or are you just wanting today to be over? There's a lot yeah. of people live life just wanting life to be over. And I know when mine is done, I hope I will say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the gift of this life. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't do everything well, and I didn't even probably utilize a ton of the time well, but thank you for giving me the opportunity to be me and mm -hmm. to be human and to have mm -hmm. this experience because we're never going to have it like this again we're yeah. never gonna have today mm -hmm. again yeah and i feel just to mirror some of what we've been talking about like being okay with obviously being unfinished but also enjoying the process yeah. things are you know the process of things i remember i think um 
we're always planning to go elsewhere. I think the Beatles said it somewhere. Someone, I'm kind of being <laughs> paraphrasing, but life happens. The times we're planning things in between, not the actually where we go. Like it's the everyday, John. The idea that um, you know, it's okay that things are unfinished. It's okay that you know that you're not here or there. You're where you need to be right now. You know, in, in a sense, the, the the idea is, um, if it if everything that will hinge on you being successful or happy is somewhere else, you'll never get there in that way. You know, the idea is being content right now and enjoying, at least from my experience, the process because there's always this uh, uncertainty of things that externally that's out of your control that may hit you. Um, but if you're, if your response is always, you know, so subjective enoughness, like we're talking about the idea of being, uh, enough, you're, you're, there, you're always at this constant state of devaluing yourself because you're never enough. But at <laughs> the same time, I would, I would venture to ask and have those hard conversations, that I, uh, with yourself because, you know, a lot of times we, you know, I find that those are the, sometimes the biggest steps forward is internal kind of conversations you have of who and what is what is important to you what is better for me what is success i think some of the most successful people will never meet because they're successful (laughs) so i remember so i just want to ask you you know national wellness month in the states what would you want people in 2023 august to remember about you know, what would you want people to remember about this month? Um, I know I think it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful tribute to, to why we're here and how you choose to be here. And the older I get, the more, the more I feel that our life is an expression of deciding and choosing to learn to love yourself. Mm-hmm. And if the focus is, I really want to learn how to take care of me. Then you're going to then desire to help others do the same for themselves. And people will see it within you. They say you you, you can't really love another until you love yourself. And, and I used to challenge that. Mm-hmm. Huge people pleaser growing up. And so I thought, oh, no, I'm really good at loving other people. But me, me. And the older I get, the more I learn to love myself, the more I realize mm-hmm. I actually love people better now. Mm-hmm. Because it's not based upon how they view me. Mm-hmm. It's based upon how they view them. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes you to a lovely place. So with it being Wellness Month, with it being Community Wellness Month, there's the place of how well do we hold hands in this community without losing the ability to keep our grounding of who we are to be. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a situation where you feel it's compromised, what do you do to take care of yourself? It's important to step in Mm -hmm. where you've got something that you want to offer. And it's important to step out when you feel that it's somebody else's turn Mm -hmm. to do something or where there's a a place for you Mm -hmm. to care for yourself. It's, it's, it's beautiful and it's kind of sad mm. that we have to have a month to remind us mm-hmm. it's a good thing to take care of yourself. Yeah. And yet we're so odd that we feel bad about doing it. Mm. People say, don't be selfish. And I agree, don't not care about others. But is caring about what I need selfish? Mm. It's self-care. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's wrong or bad. Mm. But Mm. we have spent so much life telling people, you must please others. Mm -hmm. Forget you. It it doesn't work. And the the best way to please others is for you to be completely okay on your own so they don't need to take care of you. Mm. And then you actually have more to offer. Yeah. And then you'll know when you need some help. And it's way easier to say, I have tried so hard. I've done everything I know how. I do not know how to do this piece. Could you please help me? Yeah. Because you're aware of what you do know. And when Mm -hmm. you're aware of what you do know, you become a little bit more clear in what you don't know. 
Yeah. And I feel that at the same time, it's, you know, the model of pleasing others is, is separate from yourself. So that will, that, that will be a lot more unstable than understanding what your values, wants, aspirations are. Cause I was trying know, to be a pleasing person. I try mm-hmm. to be a pleasing person. Mm-hmm. Not a people pleaser. Yeah. They're so, really different. They are very different. It, it's it's not that I don't... I, I love helping people. I like... But I also understand my values, what I what is important to me, and that I am a person, a human, who is exceptional and unimpressive at the same time. I laugh at it because at the fact is I have limits. But if you're okay with that, then I, I feel that um, when it comes to, um, you know, external things will change. But when you know yourself, take time for yourself, then it doesn't it doesn't get rampant when, you know, the rain is, and it pours and it pours and it pours at those times in your life. Um, it, it's not hinged on other people. It's hinged on you. you. You decide what better is for you, what is important to you, and that will change because we are all in this process of moving forward um i want to ask you uh any final thoughts you want to share i know you shared a lot it was wonderful talking with you anything um all um yeah anything you want to share as we wrap up well i would love to just kind of nudge the listeners to think about where are you not showing up for yourself Mm -hmm. and take a little time exploring that and where who in your life you would like to show up with differently. And and then further step back, is there a place within my family? Is there a place within my, my environment? Is there a place within my employment or my community that I see that they could benefit from one of the aspects that I really enjoy or that I'm really strong in? And there's seasons. Mm-hmm. There's seasons where you just need to take care of yourself. There's seasons where you're mostly focused on taking care of another. And there's other seasons where you're taking care of the community or you're being taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so let yourself be honest about what season you're in Mm -hmm. and, and allow that, that help to come, whether it's from you or whether it's from others. Mm -hmm. Most of us are better at, at giving to Mm -hmm. others than we feel that we are in receiving. Mm -hmm. And it's a really beautiful gift for the person who's giving to have what they're giving received. Yeah. So I, re- I, remember that. I, I, you know, I, a lot of us, I think it, there's a time when you get uh, adulthood that receiving gifts, receiving something's harder. You know, as a kid, you're like, yeah, I got a gift. When you're, when you're older, it's like, no, I, I don't, I, I'm okay with giving, but I don't want to receive. And I, I do love that you mentioned that. And also, um, just even piggyback. The nature of a gift. A gift is, I want to do for you. Yeah. So if someone comes to you with a gift, you go, no, 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 I don't, I don't need that. You're mm-hmm. basically saying, I don't want you to love me and I don't yeah. want you to care for me. Mm-hmm. The reason they're giving the gift is not, well, it might be that they think you can't for yourself, but most times it's not. Most times it's just to bless you. Mm-hmm. I just had a birthday and um, I received some beautiful flowers mm-hmm. from a couple that, that I adore. I, I didn't need them. Mm-hmm. I was so grateful to receive them. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. Yeah. And if they had sent them to me on a day that it wasn't my birthday, I still would have been so grateful. They wanted me to feel loved. Yeah. I want to feel loved. I want to want to keep loving me. So if I reject you trying to express to me that you love me, you very well might stop. And Mm. I don't want you to. So let yourself realize the reason you're uncomfortable is because you're feeling a little bit touched. Yeah. Touched is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And so let yourself feel uncomfortable and tell them, oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Mm. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 
thank you for caring about me. It's not, do you need it? No. It's, will you let yourself be blessed with mm -hmm. it? When, when Ted died, my late husband and people were offering stuff. I didn't want anything. And then at one yeah. point I thought, but I don't want them to not feel they're important. So I, I took the case of water knowing we'd eventually drink it or the paper towels or what have you. Mm -hmm. And I realized it wasn't so much, no, I don't need paper towels. It was they were wanting to offer of themselves. Yeah. Gosh, that's gorgeous. It and is. So look for it what it is and don't lessen it. Just be grateful. Someone sees you as someone that they want to bless. Yeah. And you know, you've probably done a really good job blessing them or they wouldn't even think of doing it. And if you haven't, then you've got the opportunity to do it back <laughs> and to do it for others. Every place we feel uncomfortable where someone's doing something for us, where we feel, oh, no, 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 not me. It's a beautiful opportunity to kind of go, oh, okay, God, okay, universe, help me in this. Help me be able to do this for others and then shift, take it in and then say, oh, I'm going to take this case of water and hand it out to my whole neighborhood. Yeah. Pass it on. Pass yeah. it on. Don't end it with you. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not really growing community. Mm -hmm. I just want to share um, an illustration came up while we're wrapping up. The best example, I think, that illustrates what, what we're talking about is when I'm in elementary school in an art class, I make this thing that I thought was well. My mom... You know, she takes it. She values it. She cares about it. <laughs> and she probably still has it. It's it's, it's probably the worst artwork ever, but it's valued because of, because of the person behind it. So when we're talking about you know receiving, think about that. Think about the person. Don't think about the gift. Think about why are they there? Why are they giving you this gift? And I really, I really thank you for mentioning that because that's a very important point when we talk about community. Again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a wonderful conversation. And and I just want to share with those who are listening. Remember to stay updated with Revive Ministry through various platforms. Revive Ministry FL.com is our website. Um, any, um, and I want to leave you with this last quote. Um, it's from Cordetus Scott King. It said, the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members.